This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, national signing day time. Not, not quite, not quite, but almost time. Almost time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, where I just had maybe the worst intro that I've had on this podcast. It's it's up there. I don't know that any of them are ever really good, but that one was that one was definitely the worst one. But that's okay. That's okay. They can't all be winners. You know, a smarter person would write these things down, have like a script. I just kind of hit the button, and then I figured out sometimes it works okay. That time it really didn't. It's not just me on this podcast, though. Maybe uh maybe my coworker here will come in and save the day after that that wretched wretched intro but it's Ryan Callahan, our co-worker, our esteemed colleague, the, the newest father of uh, more than one child now. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, Wes. Uh, yeah, you know, I I can't really bail you out from that start, but the fact that this is not live actually already took care of that, so no one has to hear that bad intro. Oh, no, they're, they're going to hear it because I'm leaving it in. <laughs> because I decided that, that you know, sometimes... Sometimes it just sometimes you have to give people something extra bad so that when it's okay, they'll think it's better than that. That that's that's my new that's my new strategy. Uh plus I don't really want to go back and edit all that stuff again. It's gonna be a long week. So uh you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna leave that one in. Before we get to it though, Ryan, again, uh I'll I'll let you uh be as uh, public or private as you care to be here, but I know it was a big week for the the family. So congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it, it was a it was not a dull week. It was very unexpected that we ended up uh, in the ER and then the delivery room uh, a little more than a week before signing day. But uh, several weeks early, our, our twins, a boy and a girl, arrived, and we now have uh, have a family of five. Um, because they arrived early, the twins are still uh, in the NICU, uh, being taken care of by some wonderful people there. And uh, doing very well so far. Uh, Mom is doing well, already home, and uh, and in good shape. So everything has gone as smoothly as possible, despite the early arrival of the twins. And uh, couldn't couldn't have asked for anything to go more smoothly under the circumstances. So doing very well, and and excited to eventually get those kids home and start start getting used to. Uh, what will be some crazy life? I'm sure playing zone defense. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, I'm glad that you clarified that she was the one who gave birth. Because yeah. when, when you started the story there, I was trying to make sure. I was like, I don't think he's put on any weight, but I couldn't really tell. So anyway, man, congratulations. I know it's been a. No, it's been a big week. Everyone out there, I'm sure, in Podland's happy for you. Everyone in the company, everyone here, especially at the site, is happy for you. And uh, that's good news, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they can be Cubs fans one day. Uh, well. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, appreciate that. And uh, hopefully they can, you know, overcome having me as, as a dad. We'll, we'll, see. we'll have to see. That's going to be a tough one. Guys, yep. National Signing Day is uh, is almost upon us. I think we're dropping this on Tuesday morning, so I should have said happy or, or Tuesday afternoon. So happy Tuesday morning or afternoon or, or evening, you know, maybe even Wednesday morning uh, it could be, although not going to be the, the longest shelf life on this one. So we'll go ahead and, and get this out now. Ryan actually made a good point about that, that we needed to push this one out as soon as we could on Tuesday. So uh, happy Tuesday to all of you out there. And uh, Ryan, National Signing Day, it, it wasn't so long ago that this would be like, you know, we would have had like a, a couple of huge pods laid out we would have had a billion things going on and it's still a, a big big time i don't want to minimize it at all but but the the early signing periods really changed this thing around where you know we're, we're sitting here looking at a, at a sheet of names in, in play for tennessee and we're talking about you know less than one handful of guys for either maybe two or three spots tops and it's just a different world now isn't it it is. Uh, you know, what we saw last year with the 2019 class is, is probably not going to be uh, the typical finish for Tennessee, where you had a couple really big, high-profile guys out there and that they were able to land at the last minute, and Darnell Wright and Henry Toto. They even got uh, Kenny Solomon uh, as, a, as a, I guess, a blue shirt uh, that they added on that day. Um, so you had, had a few additions on signing day, but some really high-profile guys that were, that were kind of the stars of the class in, in a lot of ways. Um, not not going to see that all that often, but uh, it is kind of more typical that this is going to be the uh, what the stretch run looks like, you know, focusing on a handful of guys down the stretch for the most part, you know, some other possibilities coming and going. We've seen that, some guys on the board and then fall, falling off the board. Um, you know, this year we had the unusual circumstance of Jay Hardy looking like a target. And then as it turned out, not being a target cause he had already signed with Auburn in December. So, so you have some things like that that happened along the way, but in the end you're focusing on a handful of guys to fill two or three spots. And that's, that's the ideal scenario. I think you don't want to be left with all that many spots to fill. Just considering the fact that more than 80% of guys across the country have signed uh, the past couple of years during the early signing period. So you just end up, you know, looking at options that you probably would not ideally be going after down the stretch. And if, if you only leave yourself with a few spots, you can kind of focus on the elite guys that you've either been after for a long time or that you've gotten in on late for whatever reason. And that's kind of where Tennessee is now. So it's a good spot to be in. And I think that's, you know, it's a, it's a sign of Tennessee's continuity. You know, teams that have gone through coaching changes aren't so lucky. They're, they're scrambling around looking to fill spots Schools like Florida State and Arkansas, you know, Tennessee was in that same boat a couple years ago after hiring Jeremy Pruitt the first year of the early signing period. But now that they've settled in these past two classes, much less drama down the stretch. And for fans, that's not as entertaining probably, but for Tennessee and, and the health of the program, I think that's kind of what you want. And it allows them to zero in on some of these top guys that we'll be talking about in just a minute. Yeah, and right now, uh, depending on which – you know, we'll, we'll go with, with the rankings that we've got right now. Tennessee does have a top 15 class at, at this point going into it. You know, those things always could change. Right now, I think we've got it slotted 14th, I, I believe, nationally. Is that correct, Ryan? Mm-hmm. That is. 14th. And, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say go ahead. I mean, right now we've got it slotted about 14th, which is, um, you know, better than it was just a little bit ago. Um, but uh, that, that thing could keep moving. I mean, we, gosh knows what's going to happen the next you know 48 72 hours or even beyond that we'll have a little bit more on that later but yeah it's uh it's actually not a bad class at all right now yeah it's definitely not and and you know as we said the you know some recent updates in the top 247 and and 24 7 sports rankings outside the top 247 in fact have have given tennessee a a push there 
kind of reflecting of what we thought all along, which is that Tennessee had done a good job of evaluating some guys in this class. Even some of their later additions in December uh, turned out to be guys who moved up in the rankings, who, who were uh, impressive during their senior seasons and earned uh, earned a move up that, that have helped Tennessee's uh, standing going into this uh, this this finals signing period, the uh, national signing day. So now, though, they've got a, a lot of possibilities still out there. They're only two, roughly two points ahead of 16th. And uh, being in number 14, they're only about four points, a little more than four points out of 10th and a little more than six points out of 9th, which is uh, Oklahoma right now at number nine. So as you can tell, a lot of movement is possible within that nine to 16 range a big signing day or even post signing day, uh, you know, with, with any names that might be still out there after this week could lead to Tennessee having a top 10 class very easily. It just depends on what happens around them and what they add. Uh, and if they don't have such a great signing day, they could end up as low as 16 or so maybe. So it, it just depends on what all happens, but still a lot of flexibility there within the standings. A lot of teams tightly packed together where the, a lot about the perception of this class could change just depending on how Tennessee goes about filling these last couple spots. Yeah, and it's weird because this is one of those years where, you know, a lot of times I'm not one of our recruiting analysts. I, I'm, I could not be more crystal clear about that. Um, my, my crystal ball says not a recruiting expert, uh, basically. <laughs> that, that would be my crystal ball here. But, but no, seriously, every year Tennessee gets some commitments from some guys, and I'll watch film and be like, you know, maybe could that guy go up in the rankings a little bit? And this year I actually – most of the guys that I was like, man, I think that guy can go up a little bit. They went up a little bit, and I had absolutely nothing to do with that. So, um, uh, you know, the the whole broken clock twice a day thing, man, that works. Uh, uh, I think this was my year where I said, I think that guy could go up, and he went up a little bit. So how about that? They're just a small miracle for you. R- Ryan, <laughs> w- when you look at this, because we're going to go to break here in just a second, but to, to break this down without going into specifics, we're going to get to names here in the second segment, but the way that we lo- are looking at it right now and again, the way that you move these numbers around, schools have access to information that we don't have. We have a lot of it. We think we have most of it. Um, but again, coaches can't really talk about these kids. So, so there are some always some issues there that you're not quite sure. But the bottom line is, as we see it, Tennessee has at least two and maybe more spots to, to, to go with. Is that what we're going with? Is that still the, the, working, the working assumption here? Yeah, the, the working number all along has been 25. We know Jeremy Pruitt has come out and said, uh, actually back in September or so, I believe it was, that this is the first year uh, since he has been at Tennessee that they can sign a full class of 25. And part of that was um, that they they had they had been blue-shirting a couple guys each year, essentially, to get to 25. They had another situation like that last year where Anthony Harris, a longtime commitment, uh, could have given them another blue shirt in last year's class. He ended up not enrolling for academic reasons. Uh, so it sort of made it easier for them to get to 25 this year without any difficulties. Um, and so they they definitely, we know, have the ability to get to 25. The question is, can they squeeze in another one beyond that? We're not totally sure. As you said, it's something schools don't really want out there. They don't want anyone to be able to use it against them, how many they can or cannot sign. Uh, they like to keep that sort of a mystery and and to not have prospects sort of um, you know, guessing about that, about how many spots there are or aren't in their class. So they just sort of keep that all a secret for the most part. So, uh, so I, we think there might be a way for Tennessee to get a third guy into this class if things fall the way that they would like and, and can get all the guys that they want. But I, I don't know for sure how that would work. It could involve maybe Melvin McBride, who was obviously a Tennessee signee, got on campus last year and then ended his career for medical reasons pretty quickly. 
uh, within a, a couple of weeks of getting on campus. So maybe Tennessee got that number back uh, from the NCAA and was able to sort of back count someone to fill that spot in last year's class. Whatever the case might be, there might be a way for them to squeeze in a third. But I don't think more than three is really in play. And uh, whatever the case may be, you're looking at two, maybe three guys uh, that Tennessee still can add to this class. And we're going to talk about all those guys. But first, we're going to step away, guys. We're going to pay some bills, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and all those other fun things. Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to, I guess, go a little bit more in-depth uh, about these uh, handful or so of guys that could be added to Tennessee signing class here and uh, starting in just about 24 hours or so, I guess, when the uh, when the faxes can come in. So hang with us. We'll be back in just a second, guys. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago during that commercial break. As always, you are not contractually, morally, ethically, spiritually obligated in any way, shape, or form to listen to those ads. But for the people who do that uh, and don't hit the fast-forward button, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. That helps us at CBS Sports, helps us at 24-7 Sports, helps us at GoVols 24-7, and, and uh, it might even help you. It might even help you. Uh, we're going to get to to reading our own ads at some point down the road, but right now we're still just going with uh, whatever they give us. So uh, whatever product or service or in-house ad that was, I'm sure it was great and wonderful, and um, Ryan Callahan gives it his 100% endorsement. I don't know if that's what you want to help your product, but sure. Sure, why not? Yeah, maybe it's diapers or something. You're going to need those, right? That's very true. There I, you go. I still don't think you want my face on the side of the package, but you know. It's just it's just name recognition. We're not going to use the face. It's true. Come on now. What, what kind of an outfit do you think this is? By the way, again, I had the uh, the intro that was really bad going into this podcast, and then my voice cracked when I did the hashtag ad shout out. I, I'm... I'm struggling right now. This is this has not been a good performance. This is this is a this has been a two star performance on my part, I think. And uh, but but uh, that would mean that I definitely brought Tennessee's signing class down because the guys that Tennessee is looking at for this class, uh, not not a two star in that lot, as far as I can tell. Ryan, it looks like there are a handful of guys 
that could possibly be these two or three spots here. And I guess the names to throw out there at first are, are the names that, that people know, the names that, that even some people who aren't big, you know, recruitniks and stuff, people who just know these names, that would be Zachary Evans, uh, Malachi Wyman, and Demarcus Beckwith. Tell me where things stand with that trio of fellows at the moment. Well, yeah, let's start with the big name out there that everybody's been sort of wondering about since his name popped up for Tennessee a couple weeks ago, Zach Evans. Everybody wondering about this kid. Gosh knows what he's going to do. Yeah, uh, just uh, that, and that's what happens when you have these intriguing five-star guys. Uh, if you're not familiar with the backstory, Zach Evans, five-star running back from Houston, uh, originally um, you know, never got around to announcing it, but signed a national letter of intent with Georgia in December during the early signing period and was set to announce his decision at the Under Armour All-America game on, on January 2nd uh, in Orlando. Ended up not announcing that, decided to push it back, uh, and for whatever reason got out of his letter of intent with Georgia. They gave him a release, allowed him to sort of go back on the market this, uh, this past month, and gave him a chance to, to take his final three official visits, uh, which he still had left. So Georgia looked like they still might even be back in the picture at one point, but they've now added another running back, in this class and appear to have moved on. So we don't think Georgia's a factor. Uh, Texas A&M, obviously nearby uh, Houston there, was a longtime contender. You know, differing takes on how much they might still be involved, but from what we hear right now, Texas A&M not believed to be as much of a contender. So uh, he's visited over the past few weeks Ole Miss and Tennessee. Interestingly, he did not go on an official visit this past weekend, so he's got a fifth official visit he can use. And by all indications right now, he is still planning to take that official visit, but we're now in the middle of a dead period. There's a new dead period. Um, well, there's always been a dead period for the week of National Signing Day. Now there's one that runs from the week of signing day through the end of February. So if he wants to take that fifth and final official visit, and it sounds like he does, he won't be able to take it until at least March 1st. Oh um, so his plan right now, oh it boy. sounds like, is to extend his recruitment into March, take that fifth official visit. We're hearing Florida is among the teams maybe pushing for that visit. So it might end up still being an all-SEC battle down the stretch if, if those end up being the main contenders. But still some other teams coast-to-coast coast involved. And you never know, after National Sign Day, some other teams might you know, that end up having a spot left over for whatever reason, might throw their hat in the ring. And considering Tennessee just jumped in a couple weeks ago, you can't rule out that some new team comes in out of left field and just lands him uh, sometime this spring. The other thing to keep in mind, even if he had announced a decision on Wednesday, and again, we're not expecting that. It sounds like he will not even announce a decision this week. Um, even if he had, though, he did not have the ability to sign a binding national letter of intent because he's already signed one with Georgia. You're only allowed to sign one uh, one national letter of intent per uh, per recruiting cycle or per year. So he cannot sign another one. He will just have to enroll, essentially, at the school he chooses to, to be locked in with that school. So even if he announces a decision in March, April, whenever, he won't be officially locked in with that school until he arrives on campus and begins attending classes. Um, so still lots of twists and turns potentially left out there in that recruitment. Uh, long way to go. Tennessee, though, very much a factor. We think that right now, as things stand, they have as good of a shot as anybody. But again, who, who gets that fifth and final visit? Who still maybe has a push, uh, makes a push after National Sign Day? We'll just have to wait and see because as of right now, it looks like he won't announce anything uh, this week. So that leaves Tennessee to sort of focus on mainly a couple of guys. And we think those are Malachi Weidman and D Beck with uh, Weidman, uh, four-star receiver, committed to Florida State since May, was 
looked like everything was set for him to sign with Florida State in December, and then he decided not to do it. Of course, after their coaching change there, he was committed to Willie Taggart's staff for a long time, had good relationships there. And after the coaching change there with Mike Norvell and that staff taking over, I don't know that he has quite the comfort level that he once did with Florida State, even though he's an in-state guy from Venice, Florida. Um, so he's he's looked around, taken more visits, went to Tennessee a couple weeks ago, uh, went to Oregon the week after that, and then spent this final weekend before signing day at, at Ole Miss. It, it's from what we're hearing just a couple days before signing day, Tennessee and Ole Miss are among the main contenders. Differing takes out there on how much Florida State still is a factor. I, I, I wouldn't count them out, but it, it, we're not hearing as much optimism about Florida State's chances of holding on to him. And then Oregon has been a, a team that you heard some good things about coming off that official visit, but maybe not as much down the stretch. So there are at least four teams that think they've got a shot at him uh, to varying degrees. But I, I do think Tennessee is one of the main teams involved. But he's the big wild card, I think, to watch on signing day. The one they, they probably are in the best shape with. Four-star athlete D. Beckwith uh, from Florence, Alabama, a guy that Tennessee gave its, uh, his first offer more than a year ago and has been involved with him since then. And uh, that's been a Tennessee-Florida battle down the stretch. Those are the only two teams that hosted him on official visits. His, uh, his half-brother Cameron Beckwith from also right there in the Florence area is committed to Tennessee as a preferred walk-on. Tennessee's closer to home. There, there are reasons to think Tennessee could be the favorite there. And as of right now, I, I do think the Vols are, are probably more likely to land him than Florida. So I, I would give them the slight edge going into that announcement uh, Wednesday morning. It should be sometime around uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time from what we're hearing right now that he will be announcing his choice. So that'll be kind of the main uh, announcement to watch that, that Tennessee has the best shot at. But certainly Malachi Weidman as a highly ranked wide receiver, very much worth watching with Tennessee having a, as, as probably as good of a shot as anyone from what we hear right now. So that that's sort of the wild card, but those are the really the main two to watch with Zach Evans apparently holding off. And then maybe a couple other names that we'll get to in a second that Tennessee uh, has been involved with down the stretch, but doesn't appear, appear likely to land on signing day. Yeah. And just to give people a little bit more background on this, I know that it's funny because even on our side and in other places, you know, there, there's in the college football world, there's like two or three different kinds of, of people who follow recruiting or, or, or people who care about recruiting on, on these three levels. There, there's the people who just live, eat, breathe, sleep it. They just love it. They love it almost as much as they love the actual football itself. Those are just the the recruiting. We got so many of those guys in our network. Those guys are just recruiting studs. And there's a lot of fans who also um, do that, and they're a big part of our, our, our customer base. So the people on our site, a lot of them are like that. Then you've got some of the old school people who are kind of like, you know, I'm going to pay a little more attention when it gets to like, you know, right before that signing day, I'm going to start paying attention a little bit more. And you got that level of people. And then you got the people who are like, just tell me who they are when they sign. And then I want to go, then I'll go figure it out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste time looking at these 800,000 kids when really there's like 25 I need to care about. So those are not, not to put people in just those three piles, but th- that's basically the three groups I think of recruiting people. And, and for the people who don't fall under that first category, I'm going to give you a quick heads up here. Uh, Beckwith is a four-star prospect, according to our guys at 24 seven sports, uh, Malachi Weidman, uh, certainly a four-star prospect. He's 116 overall. Uh, top 20 wide receiver prospect, 6'4", 180, really good-looking athlete. Um, and then Evans is – this kid's been all over the place. Uh, he's been – I don't want to say headache, but he's certainly been a high-maintenance recruit in a lot of ways. 
but his talent's probably worth it if we're being honest with ourselves. This is a a five star guy. I know that he uh, has dipped a little bit maybe in the rankings over, over the past year or so, but still, this kid's 5'11", 200, um, can run really well. He, he's powerful. He's got good vision. He kind of glides around the field a little bit. Um, I, I just his film's fantastic. He's a really really good prospect, and, and probably there are a lot of recruits out there who who may not be worth this much kind of uh, attention, but this one might be. Well, you don't see many five-star running backs out there. You know, he finished, he, he's the highest ranked four-star in 24-7 sports rankings, but he's, he's, the consensus says he's the number two running back in the country. And, and you know, you, you could even have an argument between he uh, and, and a couple of the other top guys for who belongs at number one. Uh, Evans was number one for a long time. So this is a guy who arguably still could be the, the best running back in this class, but at least is one of the top two running backs in this class. And um, and the, the talent is no doubt there, uh, drew, drew some pretty, pretty good reviews from his performance at the Under Armour all America game last month. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I think Tennessee always was interested in him, but you just didn't see as much traction earlier in his recruitment, uh, with the kind of the craziness that happened with the, the whole getting out of his letter of intent with Georgia sort of just cracked the door open for Tennessee and some other teams to get involved and and there's no doubt the talent's there. So even though there's there've been some you know sort of red flags with his recruitment, uh, things that you worry about a little bit, uh, that you, you can't deny the talent. And that's why there's been so much interest in his recruitment, um, and, and why there's there's still a long way to go in this one because he knows some other teams still will come after him, uh, just because they have spots left over after signing day or whatever. And he knows his stock still could rise with some you know, some other major programs uh, jumping in there, despite everything that's happened. So yeah, it's a, it's a big opportunity for Tennessee to get a major talent, but um, obviously it's been a, a wild recruitment and probably still a couple of uh, twists and turns that could happen in that one over the next several weeks. Yeah. It, it, he reminds me, his recruitment reminds me of an old, uh, uh, I believe it was a Bruce Pearl quote that, that has kind of stuck with me. The quote stuck with me. Uh, the original source of the quote did not, but I think it was Bruce Pearl who once said that uh, you treat everybody fairly, but you don't treat everybody the same. And, and I think that this kid sort of falls under that category for me personally, because I look at it and I go, yeah, well, I mean, he's probably worth it. If you're going to take a chance on somebody whose kind of recruitment's been all over the place, this would be the one to do it. And if you want to ask why, just go watch the film. That that will explain all you need to know uh, about why this kid, uh, despite all the twists and turns, is still someone everybody's interested in. So I, in my opinion, if you're a program like Tennessee and you're trying to get those couple of guys that really could kind of jumpstart you and get you back into that 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 top level or at least that second level there college football uh, this is a kid who could maybe help you do that well no no doubt and, and I'll, I'll say this too you know even though these are not all three uh all three of the guys we're talking about are not all henry toto or darnell Wright level prospects these are all really good players that, that give tennessee's class a boost if they can land them uh in, in d beck with malachi weidman and zach evans weidman is a really really athletic 6'4", 180-pound wide receiver, uh, you know, plays basketball and is a pretty good basketball prospect as well. Both he and D. Beckwith are wanting to play both football and basketball in college. Uh, so Weidman's a, one of those receivers who can who can really go up and, and, and high point the ball well, has has great speed, Lot, lots of things to like about him. And then you've got Beckwith, a, a guy who who's 6'4", 215 or so, plays on the wing for his high school basketball team, uh, a good scorer, good enough to – to get offers from teams like Tennessee and Florida in basketball, uh, but then has been a, a higher regarded football prospect, but has the kind of frame and athleticism playing quarterback mostly for his team 
but also playing wide receiver that you really can can play him anywhere on offense essentially uh, but it looks like he you know Florida was recruiting him as a tight end or has been recruiting him as a tight end Tennessee has been recruiting him as a as a receiver running back tight end you know pretty much anything but quarterback uh, among the offensive skill positions so uh, a, a three really potentially valuable guys that could fill major needs for Tennessee they obviously could use some help at receiver losing what they're losing with Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway and Tyler Bird all gone uh, and then obviously running back you can you can use playmakers there anytime Tennessee certainly would be open to upgrading that position with a guy like Zach Evans or even D Beckwith uh, and so that some some big time guys out there who could address some major needs for Tennessee and if Beckwith develops into a tight end like Florida has seen him playing they don't have a tight end in this class right now so these are these are all consequential even though Evans is the headliner any of these three guys is going to be a big addition to Tennessee's class if they can land them. Yeah, and I'm not saying Weidman is this this caliber of player necessarily, um, but when you look at his body, when you look at some of the, the film, when you look at the way he goes and high points the ball, I'm not saying he's George Pickens, but he sort of has that frame and he sort of has that that sort of wingspan and that sort of athleticism. And, and to me, um, and then you look at where Georgia would have been without Pickens at the end, toward the end of last season. I mean, you know, this guy, if he ends up signing with Tennessee, I mean, it could be a huge deal. Yeah. He, he would be a terrific compliment to what Tennessee already has at receiver in this class, which when you look is mostly slightly shorter guys with great speed. Uh, and Jalen Hyatt around they six definitely feet need, tall. Which they definitely did need though. Yeah, they, they did. They've upgraded the speed for sure. Uh, they had those those big targets, the guys who could go up and get it in Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway. Um, so you've got that speed upgrade. Uh, Jimmy Callaway, a guy who's around six feet tall. Um, also Jalen Hyatt around six feet. So a couple guys who are you know average to, to on the shorter side for receivers, but really good speed, downfield threats, no question, and guys who I think can develop into good players. Jimmy Holiday, if he ends up developing into a receiver, you know he's going to start off at quarterback. But if he moves to receiver down the road, he's another five eleven, six foot kind of guy. So you've you've got some you've got some guys there who are who are playmakers, but not that big, tall, go up and get it kind of receivers. This would give you that guy if you can get a Malachi Weidman or even D Beckwith if he ends up being a bigger receiver. Again, his frame might might just make him something else. He, he might end up being more of a running back or more of a tight end. But he's got he, he played receiver in high school. He's got a, he's got the speed to to stay there if he doesn't get any bigger than he currently is. So um, either way, you're you're getting some playmakers there. But Weidman certainly would be a terrific compliment to to what Tennessee already has at wide receiver in this class. You know, and when you think about it, you look at all those those great you know that that outstanding wide receiver core that that Bama had last year. You know, Judy's six one one ninety, um, Jalen Waddle's five ten one eighty two. Um, you know, none of those guys are are that big necessarily. Rugs is six foot one ninety. I mean, those are mm-hmm. those are the kind of guys that Tennessee, um, sort of size wise, has signed in this class so far. So you know, if you're good enough, uh, ask five foot nine Steve Smith. Uh, you know, oh, absolutely. You know, if you're good enough and you got enough separation speed and ball skills, you can you can get away with it. But bottom line is, I I think when you look at you know, I, I love athletes like like Beckwith who can do so many different things, and we know that this is a Pruitt type of guy because he could play two or three or four different spots. And that's somebody that Jeremy Pruitt and this staff have showed time and time again. They love those kinds of guys. Yep. And, and, and again, give Tennessee credit regardless of how it turns out with Beckwith, another sign of a good evaluation. They got in on him before anybody else. His very first offer back in January of 2019. Uh, he's, he's now in the, I believe somewhere in the 15 to 20 range in terms of offers, but lots of other major programs after him. And Tennessee was the very first in the door. So found him in Northern Alabama and 
you know, he's a, again, a two sport standout with great athleticism and, and good size. There's a lot to like there and you can put him in a number of different spots. You know, people even wondered when he first emerged as a prospect, could he be a, an edge rusher or linebacker type guy? He's got that kind of build where you certainly could do that. So, uh, I think his, his, his strengths are on offense. That's where he's likely to play in college, but certainly has the frame and, and athleticism to do a lot of things. And there's a reason Tennessee has been after him for a long time. So, yeah, all these guys, uh, you know, real potential playmakers for Tennessee, and, and there's a reason the Vols have still been involved with them down the stretch and looking to fill fill this class with uh, with those types of players. But um, you know, not not all uh, five star caliber guys uh, that, that are going to give Tennessee the boost that, that Zach Evans would, but all guys who really could change the makeup of this class quite a bit if they can fill those final spots for Tennessee. And Ryan, before we step out of here, there's a couple more guys that that you know you never know on signing day. Listen, guys, things this stuff's being covered better than it ever has, but there are still surprises on signing day. There are still surprises on the first day of the early signing period. You never really know exactly how everything's going to go. Now, I think we're closer than we ever have been in terms of, you know, kind of figuring out where this thing's going by, by that point. But there are still surprises. There are still reasons to tune in. There are still reasons to watch and to, to keep clicking on our site throughout the day, not just because it, it helps us, but because you're also going to, you know, every time you click, you might get something new. So that that's the way things go. And there are a couple other names out there that I guess are not outside the realm of possibility, right? There are a couple other guys out there that are maybe extreme long shots, but potential guys. Yeah, guys who at least have been involved with Tennessee down the stretch to where if anything changed or, you know, if Tennessee were to find out bad news on on one of the guys we've mentioned before Wednesday or even on Wednesday, they could theoretically make a, a last-minute push for one of these guys or, or or still something always could change with one of them. But uh, the main one would be Jakari Caldwell, a three-star receiver uh, from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Tennessee offered him uh, back in December before the early signing period, and his stock rose quite a bit. That month, uh, after he decommitted from East Carolina back in November, uh, was was pretty highly regarded uh, coming off his senior year. Lot, lots of uh, lots of people impressed with what he did on the field during his senior season, and and knew his stock was rising. Saw some offers coming, and sure enough, they came. And and now he's down the stretch, been deciding between South Carolina and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee hosted him on an official visit about ten days ago. South Carolina got him on campus again on an official visit this past weekend. All signs point to South Carolina being the favorite. They're the heavy favorite on the, on the 24-7 sports crystal ball. Uh, so it would be a surprise if, if the Gamecocks were not the choice. Uh, but you never say never just because Tennessee's been the other main contender in that one. But, um, you know, again, we have questions about how many spots Tennessee even has in its class. Caldwell looks like the guy who's maybe not, you know, quite at the very top of the board, but someone Tennessee's been heavily involved with, another bigger athletic target who also plays basketball. So, um, so someone to at least keep in the back of your mind, but we think South Carolina is the likely choice there. And then the other one, another, you know, again, receiver has been a big priority for Tennessee. A guy who emerged as a potential target, although he doesn't have a Tennessee offer right now is Ladd McConkey, a three-star receiver from Chatsworth, Georgia, uh, who's sort of emerged as a, as a late rising guy over the past several weeks, uh, despite being very low ranked at one point and, you know, not being uh, on the radar of many major programs for a long time. But this is a guy who just made plays all over the field for his team, played quarterback as a senior, was mostly a receiver before that, though, had four interceptions as a senior on defense, and three of them he returned for, for touchdowns. You look at his film, he just makes plays all over the place. And uh, in, in addition to having a terrific name, uh, just just all over the field, making every, all kinds of things happen. I think 300 or, or sorry, 3,000 or so all-purpose yards uh, during his senior season, uh, again, playing quarterback, but a lot of that was rushing 
special teams, receiving, things like that. So he, he just did a, a lot of different things, but looks like a dynamic, smaller, you know, kind of a slot receiver type uh, that Tennessee could end up offering uh, late if something were to change. And, and we don't expect that to happen right now, but if they were to get some bad news, maybe you throw out a late offer. The problem, though, is he's committed to Georgia. He just committed to Georgia this past weekend, and that's why you don't think uh, anything's likely to change there. Tennessee didn't offer before his official visit to Georgia this past weekend, so he commits on that visit. And uh, the only reason it would be even a theoretical three, theoretical possibility for him to flip is that he grew up a Tennessee fan. He's in a household of Tennessee fans there in North Georgia, went to several games at Neyland Stadium growing up. So maybe you think even though he's committed to Georgia, if you needed somebody late, you throw out an offer to him at the last minute, see if you can get this guy who grew up bleeding orange uh, to change his mind about Georgia. But I, I think in all likelihood he sticks with Georgia and Tennessee doesn't go out to go after him late. But that's there's that possibility always out there, I guess, that if things change late, you get some bad news, maybe you throw out a last-minute offer and see if that changes anything for, anything for a guy like Ladd McConkey who's still committed but not yet signed. Yeah, and, and Chatsworth, Georgia, is right there um, in North Georgia. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. very much – um, that that's a very split, divided kind of area with Tennessee fans and Georgia fans, and even some Bama fans over there. So, yeah, there's a uh, that name. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think everyone out there knows my my stance on names and and uh, predestination uh, with certain names. And it's like you're probably going to be pretty good. Uh, and if you got a name like Lad McConkey, you're going to be successful at something in life. I don't know what it is, but you know, that's not like a John Doe. You know what I mean? Like that guy's going to yep. do something, and and that's he, he's going to. He he he's gonna be something special. I don't know I don't know what, but uh, yeah I, I I like that kid and I like his. Uh, it's actually his film looks good too. It's not just his name. I mean, the kids yep. done the kids. I mean, l- let's be honest. I mean, freaking Georgia offered him. So I mean, you know, the the, the kid obviously uh, is a guy who got people's attention. Yeah, it looked like Army was kind of the main uh, one of the main teams uh, on the radar, and then Vanderbilt and, and Georgia offered uh, over the past several weeks and. Uh, Tennessee started showing interest late and again, you know, hasn't offered yet, but got him on campus uh, about 10 days ago on an unofficial visit and, uh, you know, let him know that he was still on the radar that, that if, you know, if the numbers worked out there, there's a chance they could give him an offer late. Uh, but right now looking unlikely. And, and I think all, all signs point to Tennessee kind of focusing on those main three guys we talked about, Zach Evans, Malachi Weidman, D Beckwith, and, a, you know, I, I think there's a good chance Tennessee gets at least one of those guys. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and, and if they come up short of filling a couple spots on, on Wednesday, you know, maybe you hold on to one of those spots for a potential transfer see how things go with Zach Evans. You know, they've got some options there at least as they, as they gave themselves some options leading up to the, uh, to, to national signing day. And remember part of this finish, they've already gotten a couple of scholarship transfers, Valus Jones, Jr., the receiver from USC. And then Cade Mays, of course, the former five-star offensive line prospect who started his career at Georgia now trying to get eligible to play at Tennessee this season. So uh, they've already added a, a couple of transfers through that flexibility they gave themselves by not filling their class entirely in December. And if you if you come up one spot short, that's not the end of the world because, A, you can always back count um, so they can save that spot, use it for next year's class, you know, use that leftover spot to back count someone to this year's class and sign essentially sign 26. Or you can just take that spot, and, and in all likelihood, I think they would do this if they could, um, fill it with a transfer. So you, you've got some options there if they do strike out on one of these guys that's deciding on Wednesday. Brian, is there anything else out there? I know that there's uh, there, there's always a lot going on this time of year. Is there anything else that, uh, that, that that's on your mind, anything else to uh, on which to opine? Uh, the, that's that's pretty much it. You know, I know it's a short list of things to, to keep track of, but it's it's some consequential things. You know, again, these are all 
four and five star guys that Tennessee's battling for on Wednesday. So uh, it's not a long, long list of things to track, uh, but some important things to track. And, you know, again, if Tennessee, you know, we won't find out anything on Zach Evans on Wednesday, it looks like. But uh, if they can if they can finish with, uh, you know, some combination of of Evans and Weidman or Evans and Beckwith, good chance they would they would sign a top 10 class or at least a very real chance that that's that possibility is still out there. And even if the finish was, say, uh, Beckwith and, and Weidman, you know, that that could very easily put Tennessee in the discussion for a top 10 finish, just depending on what happens with the other teams around them. So uh, lots to be decided about how this class is going to look. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that a top 10 finish is, is still out there for Tennessee after the way their season started back in September pretty impressive to me that Tennessee's in this situation. So give, give credit to the Tennessee staff for, uh, for turning over every stone, obviously turning around its season on the field and, and getting itself in position to have this kind of finish. Well, Ryan, I think that's a good place to leave, man. I'm going to, I'm going to let you step on out of here and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Sounds good. Thanks Wes. Uh, no problem, man. And again, congratulations. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in as always. Maybe I can make the outro a little better than the intro. Probably not at this rate. But uh, but who knows, right? Who knows? Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. You can also find all of us if you just want the uh, just want Tennessee information, nothing else. You don't want my corgi pictures. Uh, Ryan's talking about the 18 or 19 kids that he and Ramey now have. If you don't want Pat talking about Ja Moran all the time, if you just want Tennessee news and that's it, you can get that at twitter.com slash govoss247 or facebook.com slash govoss247. Or you can get that delicious East Tennessee mountain spring water directly from the source. Just that good smoky mountain goodness. Govoss247.com. Got all kinds of good stuff right now. Got all kinds of good stuff going on right now. There is so much with football signing day, uh, with hoops. That's been an interesting season. Not always in a good way, but but interesting nonetheless. I got tons of Lady Balls information with Maria. And, and guys, Tennessee baseball season kicks out in just a couple kicks off, uh, t- kicks off, tips off. Here I go again with the awful outro. First pitch, I guess, in a couple weeks. We'll call it that. All kinds of reasons for you to go to GoBoss247.com. And if you do that, and if you pay us the full price, uh, which is, again, really reasonable, you get full, full access, unlimited access to CBS All Access. That's the Rolls-Royce package of it, too. That's no commercials. Everything in the CBS library, all the shows, uh, you know, the new Picard show. Uh, if you're into sci-fi stuff, you can get that only on CBS All Access. Uh, that show Evil everybody's been talking about, you can get that there. Uh, all your all your Big Brother stuff, Everything. Everything and also movies that cycle in every month too, and live sports. You get uh, SEC football, SEC basketball, NFL football, uh, World Series of Poker stuff. You get UEFA Champions League here in just a little bit, guys. There is a million reasons to do that. That's a hundred dollars every year that we're just giving you. That's just us giving you. You give us a little bit of money, we give you a hundred dollars a year. Go check it out, GoVols247.com. And uh, as you are listening to this, I am probably on the road to Tuscaloosa where Ramey and I will be at Coleman Coliseum on Tuesday night for that Tennessee-Alabama basketball game. We will have information about that uh, in a podcast that will be coming to you on signing day. So, guys, stick with us. we got plenty of stuff. We'll have plenty more pods and everything this week. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time. See you.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.